In vain I have struggled. It will not do. My feelings will not be repressed. You must allow me to tell you how ardently I admire and love you. Hey, cassettes, and welcome back to another episode of the Black Case Diaries. Hello. I'm Marcy, and I have... Robin. And Adam. And today, we have a very special guest with us, too. Somebody from another podcast that we love, and her name is M from Verbal Diorama. So we want to welcome her. Hi, Em. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Hi. Uh, Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thank Yay. you so much for coming. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. I'm so excited to talk about what we're going to talk about. I can't tell you. <laughs> I know. I know, right? <laughs> All right. So without further ado, what we're going to talk about today is Pride and Prejudice. Yay! Yay! Specific- <laughs> oh, I love it. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. I love it. I love it. Uh, but specifically, the 2005 version from... It's the 1995 1995. Version. Oh, 1995. Oh, I'm sorry. Why did I say 2005? Is there a Kira Knightley version yes, from 2005? Yes, that is right. I, I believe there is. <laughs> there is a Kira Knightley yeah. version. I did, the, I watched the wrong one. I watched <laughs> it. Oh, no. I didn't study. <laughs> Start all over again. <laughs> No, the 1995 version yeah. with Colin Firth. And Hell no yeah. one else. Yeah. Yes, pretty much. It's a one-man show. <laughs> I mean, have you seen it? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the history of Jane Austen and her book. And then we're going to talk about the making of the film a little bit. And then we're going to do a lot of discussion because, you know, we love it. There's a lot of junk to right. cover. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it's all junk. <laughs> I'm oh. kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, Adam. What? I enjoyed it. <laughs> yes, we made Adam sit down and watch the entire... The whole series. Yes. It, uh, yes, because it is an episode, so... Yeah. Um, the whole miniseries, yeah. It was uh, great. <laughs> <laughs> the beloved Jane Austen book, Pride and Prejudice, was first drafted in 1797 and titled First Impressions. The revised and final product that is well known and enjoyed today was released in 1813. All the books that she published while alive were done so anonymously, not by a pen name, but simply by a lady. Or in the case of Pride and Prejudice, the author of Sense and Sensibility. The four that were published were Sense and Sensibility, Pride and Prejudice, Mansfield Park, and Emma. And the two that were published posthumously they were Persuasion and Northanger Abbey. You know, I, it's weird. I didn't know. I didn't know about the anonymously publishing things because I've seen copies of the book that say by the author of Sense and Sensibility, but I but not her name. Yeah, and I always didn't think that was strange. How can we ever prove that it was actually her? Well. <laughs> All right, so Jane Austen was born on December 16th of 1775 in Steventon, UK. And she died in July of 1870 in Winchester, UK. Surprisingly, there's not a lot known about Jane Austen. The majority of what we do know was derived from the letters that she sent her sister Cassandra. The letters, however, we only have a select amount of because Cassandra burned many of them before her own death. Oh. Yeah. Bummer. Rude. That's really sad. Yeah. 
That is very sad. And you know what? Like totally on brand. That makes sense. Like, uh, <laughs> my my grandmother was the same way. She I had all her World War II letters <laughs> to my grandpa. When she found out we had them, she said, burn them. <laughs> oh, man. We did not burn them, though. <laughs> yeah, that would be so hard to do. No, yeah. of course not. <laughs> I mean, because they're kind of like a diary. They say that yes. she didn't keep a diary, but I suppose her writing would be kind of her own diary. And yeah. most people don't want their diaries to actually That's get out point. into the world. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> I know I wouldn't. I, I was very bad at keeping diaries. Yes, I used to read my diaries out loud what? to my friends <laughs> at school. And now we keep diaries and we record them and, and uh, publish yeah, them and once publish a week. Yeah, publish them once a week. Yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> I just got that. I just literally, just a little light bulb just went on top of my head and I was like, ding. Oh, my God, I just got that. <laughs> See? <Wow. Yes. laughs> Sorry, the, the British person is so slow. <laughs> no, no, no. All right, so the few things, a few things that we do know about her is that her mother and father, George and Cassandra, had eight children, and her extended family consisted of people from rich landowners, clerics, an apprentice milliner, an alleged shoplifter, and a bankrupt banker. (laughs) From these letters and stuff, we've kind of derived that Jane Austen was a fan of flirtations, and for a time she flirted with a young man named Thomas Lefroy. Oh, his family, though, expected him to marry wealthy, and so they went their separate ways. Aww. Yeah, aww. But aww, this did should prompt... Somebody, write your book, somebody should write a book about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did a movie. They prom- uh-huh. That kind of prompted a movie called Becoming Jane, which is an interesting take on what may have happened. It's somebody's imagination of what their relationship might have been like. But like Becoming Jane, many people dream of what Jane was actually like. And it's not hard to do when the only thing we have to hint about her is a selection of letters. We do know that she herself had a marriage proposal in life to a man that she was good friends with his sisters. She had said yes, but then the next morning informed him that she had changed her mind, probably after discussing it with her sister. (laughs) Um, She did stay friends, however, with his sisters. And he, his name being Harris Bigwither... (laughs) (laughs) yes i guess that's a real name ended up marrying two years later and he had 10 children yeah so and a big big wither by name big sorry (laughs) i'm not gonna go on with that joke yes exactly but we do know of course that jane never married and she passed away in 1817 at just 41 years of age (sighs) <sighs> oh man! Yeah, it's too bad she didn't live longer. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder how many. Wonder how many books there would have been if she had lived longer. Maybe, you know, maybe not to a hundred, but however long. Yeah. How many more books do you think? Because she had the the two that were posted post. Oh, that's true. So, so maybe who, she would have yeah. revised those a little more, true, and true. then I don't know. Yeah. All right. So now onto the show from 1995. (laughs) So the BBC has adapted Pride and Prejudice six times with this version being the most popular. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah. (laughs) It premiered on September 24th of 1995, and it actually sold 100,000 box sets of it before it was even taken off the air. The final wow. episode was seen by 10 million people. Wow. Something in something that's running on the BBC 
and 10 million people saw an episode, that's a big deal. Yeah. Because it is, it yeah. is actually a really big deal because it, we're talking about 25 years ago as well. So obviously there was less people than actually <laughs> lived here in the UK. But also, I mean, those sorts of figures for something like the BBC, I mean, I think I'm just trying to think like comparatively without any, without preparing anything in advance about <laughs> what 10 million viewers would probably be like. But it would probably be like the wedding of... Uh, Charles and Diana which I think is still like Mm. but I think even then off the top of my head I think that might have only had like 20 million maybe or something around that so the fact that Pride and Prejudice had 10 million that is actually really really (laughs) big that's huge all right so this lovely series was directed by Simon Langton and produced by Super Swistle and it was adapted by Andrew Davies into a six episode miniseries He wanted to portray the immense things that he believed was what Jane Austen wanted to get across, such as love, sex, money, and betrayal. (laughs) Typical weekend. Uh, Yeah, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't Sierra write a song about that? No, that was Love, Sex, and Magic, wasn't it? Oh, Oh, yeah. Completely different. (laughs) Yes. Well, he he did kind of want it to be more like a soap opera, like more accessible to mm. to people in their in their daily watching, I guess. Mm. But he also helped to take a 1996 book by Helen Fielding, which is a modern day retelling of Pride and Prejudice, into a 2001 movie. A nice touch was that Colin Firth played the romantic lead, Mark Dar- Darcy, in this one as well. So you may know this one as <laughs> Bridget Jones. Yes. Bridget Jones' Diary. Oh, I love Bridget Jones. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. Bridget Jones' Diary is so, I love, that's like, I, the first time I met someone from the UK, I, I said, does it snow there a lot? And uh, they said, no, not really. It rains a lot. And I said, oh, but it, I said, but it snows in Bridget Jones. And then my husband said, yeah, you know, the documentary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I would I would definitely say that uh, that Bridget Jones is uh, is not an entirely faithful representation <laughs> of uh, being single in your 30s in London. Uh, I mean. I don't live in London personally, but um, but but as a single woman in in her thirties, I find I find Bridget Jones incredibly relatable uh, now. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, I I absolutely I absolutely adore it. It's it's never going to top Pride and Prejudice for no, me because Pride right. and Prejudice is. I mean, obviously we'll go into it, but there's there's so much more. <laughs> content and characterization and stuff like that but mm. i think as a modern retelling i think that uh, bridget jones's diary is 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 pretty up there actually as, yeah. as just being really fun and sweet and funny and and it's awesome that it's the same guy that helped adapt it into a movie with colin Firth. yeah with Con- yeah that was like the greatest touch to just <laughs> you know it's just the most perfect casting idea ever yeah. to kind of have that character, because in the... I don't know if you guys have read the actual book, Bridget Jones's Diary, no. but in the book, the character of Bridget kind of goes in. She's, like, absolutely obsessed with Pride and Prejudice, and she's obsessed with oh, this kind of... Um, and I think, I think, I can't remember if it's in the first book or the second book, where the character of Bridget actually interviews Colin Firth. Oh, uh, oh it, as As part of the story. And apparently they were going to do that in the movie, and they filmed it with... 
Colin Firth playing Colin Firth. Uh-huh. But they didn't think it worked, so oh, they didn't include it. Oh, nice. That's amazing. Yeah. All right, so the costumes were done by Dinah Collins. She created them in such a way as to keep it accurate for the time, but also kept in mind how the 1995 viewer would perceive them. Even the makeup designer did a lot of research in order to get things correct. You know, I thought watching this as a tw- 2019 viewer back when we w- watched it. Yeah. I-, I thought those necklines were quite revealing for that time period. So I guess it makes sense that they kind of made it, they kind of altered it a little bit. A little bit more modern. Yeah. yeah. For the, you know. Because I did, I thought, yeah. I thought, wow, those are, there's lots of boob in this. <laughs> like, not full boob, but, you know, like we're yeah. seeing cleavage. It's not Game of Thrones or anything. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So, but I mean, I just was a little surprised. It's it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because you would expect from the period for for necklines to be considerably higher. Yeah. But I think they kind of made a compromise, didn't they? Because they took the more modest area of the clothing and they put that on like the skirts because none of that is like fitted or yeah. it all just kind yeah. of A-lines down so you can't really see anyone's right. figure or You're anything. Right, right. Yeah, because um, you can see the boobs and then it's like straight down. Like no hips, no butt. Yeah. 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 I think I think that's called A-line. Oh, uh, but I'm pretty sure someone will correct right. me. No, that sounds yeah. right to me. Yeah. I mean, I don't know anything oh, about good. clothes either, so. <laughs> no, I just buy them. <laughs> I just buy them and wear them. And... Yeah. I just buy them, find out they don't fit, hate them, but still wear them anyway. <laughs> <you know? laughs> All right. So, starring in this uh, adaptation, Colin Firth is, of course, playing Mr. Darcy. And we have producer Sue Burstwhistle to thank for her choice in wanting Firth as Darcy and helping to convince him to take the part. Oh, my God. Yes. Because she was the one who wanted him. (laughs) She approached him and was like, hey, you should do this. And he was like... I don't know. I don't really see myself as a Darcy. And she's like, but yeah. But I do. You, and you I'm a producer. <laughs> so. I have the money. Yeah. <laughs> is, is there anyone that you can think of that you would, would like accept as a replacement? Like obviously no. Colin Firth is your go-to, right? But if yeah. is there any second place person that you think of? No. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. No. no. I don't even want to watch the... Everyone's I've seen the Kira Knightley here. one before, but I don't yeah. want to watch it again after uh, watching this. No, I don't want to watch it either. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, um, uh, yeah. Good, thank you. Matthew you McFadden's okay. Exactly. Like, yeah. I find that his Darcy is a bit too mopey. He's like an angsty Darcy. At least with, like, Colin Firth. He's, like, smoldering. You know, yeah. he's, like, mesmerizing. And, like, Matthew McFadden's just... Hi, Lizzie. <laughs> Adam's like rolling I his eyes I decided that I actually really love you after all. <laughs> and it's like, where's the passion, man? Yeah, I really love seriously. this woman. Oh. All right, well, what did you think of uh, Elizabeth Bennett played by Jennifer Ely then? Uh, she did good too, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd always be afraid that somebody was chosen to be like over, overly beautiful or or... or or the opposite of that, and you know, her character's supposed to be kind of right in the middle, right? Maybe a little more on the beautiful side because she mm-hmm. she is. Mm-hmm. But I think it was a perfect cast for her too, right. and it she was perfectly able to play like normal mm-hmm. to the point where she's like, I don't care about all this nonsense. I'll find who I love, and that's that. I don't need to marry just because of money or whatever. And it was totally believable. I think she nailed it. So Jennifer Ely 
she everybody else agreed that she did an amazing job because yeah she actually won best actress in the 1996 bafta for this movie so very nice there you go ah yeah nice so jane bennett was played by Susanna harker then we have mary bennett played by lucy Briers, kitty bennett by polly maberly and she's the second to the youngest but tends to follow the youngest around a lot uh, and the youngest is Lydia Bennett, played by Julia Sawaha? <sighs> Lydia. Yeah, Julia Sawala. Sawala. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Hey, yeah, so she's, yeah. She's a very well-known uh, actress here in the UK. So, ah. Good. Uh, her, I mean, I know it was, it was intentional in this, but boy, was she like just a little bit too annoying for oh, me. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> Lydia. <laughs> just Ooh. like, oh, slow down, girl. <laughs> Please, but Uh, I mean, we were just saying, looking at it through the eyes of somebody in 2019, it's it's yeah, it's kind of hard to see the way it's like, you know, supposed to be. I mean, it was that was intentional. So Lydia would kind of if she was if she was here today, like if this family were a modern family, Mm -hmm. Lydia would be like the YouTube influencer of the family, wouldn't she? Like she'd be the one on YouTube, like with makeup tutorials and. And all of that, like you could just, you could just kind of see Lydia doing that, and then having like Kitty as like doing her camera work right. and stuff like that. Like oh you can, that's you exactly can just right. See it. I didn't even, yeah, yeah, Lydia. Yeah. And I, I think that Lydia is a character. She kind of from it, it kind of reminded me of Little Women a little bit, and how very often the character Amy people don't like in Little yeah. Women because it was this character that is like always kind of trying to get everybody's attention. And then, you know, she gets swept off her feet by a guy, you know, at some point. And I, I felt more sorry for her near the end. I actually, Yeah, me I, too. I didn't feel, I didn't, you know, I yeah. didn't blame her as yeah, much. Yeah, by the end, yeah. for sure. Because she was a young kid and, you know, what happened to her. It's like everyone else understood how serious everything was that was mm-hmm. happening to her but she didn't quite seem to get it and if she did get it she didn't let on that she did. yeah in her yeah. mind it was all about just being married and like yeah. finding a guy that was the most important thing to her and she kind of was led to believe that yeah mm-hmm. but at the same time wasn't able to pull it back when yeah. when it got serious yeah. i was gonna say uh mr darcy's sister also falls almost falls for the same kind of thing so mm-hmm. it's just yeah. that young naivety a yeah bit too. exactly so, okay. So Mrs. Bennett would play was played by Alison Stedman. Alison Stedman is again uh, quite. She's very well known over here for another kind of matriarchal role in a comedy show called Gavin and Stacey, and she plays like a very similar character to to kind of the Mrs. Bennett character. Um, but yeah, I think uh, but where Lydia's concerned as well, like Mrs. Bennett encourages yeah. Lydia. Any other mother would be like, don't do that. You know, you're, yeah, you're showing yeah. up the family. Like, don't do it. And she's like, oh, Lydia, Lydia, you're the best. You know, yeah. Lydia's my favorite. And that that does not help the situation with Lydia at all. But I think this Mrs. Bennett is my favorite Mrs. Bennett with her poor nerves and, and everything. Yeah. She's just like, it's comedy gold. It really genuinely it is really, comedy gold. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, every time. Because the, the father, the complete opposite of her. <laughs> being the yeah. least caring it's just a great uh back and forth between them yeah and i i read that she actually came up with that voice i mean that obviously isn't exactly her real voice she kind of 
amps it up a bit to give it that like really high almost high pitched and like kind of kind of thing so that that was really cool that it kind of came to her that that's how mrs bennett should be played yeah so then we have mr bennett was played by benjamin Whitrow. Mr. Bingley, who is best friends with Mr. Darcy and Jane Bennett's love interest, was played by Crispin Bonham Carter. Then we have Charlotte Lucas, uh, was played by Lucy Scott. And Lady Catherine de Bourgh was played by Barbara Leigh Hunt. I think that if this movie came out now, uh, Meryl Streep would play Lady Catherine de Bourgh. Oh, that's a good choice. She would be an awesome Lady Catherine. You can just imagine it. (laughs) Her sitting in her chair, just like disapprovingly looking towards Lizzie Bennet. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. That's exactly who I am. Lady Catherine. Yes. (laughs) Tell me what you really think. The thing with Lady Catherine is she's kind of a product of of society and, right. and and her own kind of upbringing like she's literally just you know this is this is what we do this is you know you have to marry within your social circle mm-hmm. i've produced a daughter here you can marry her even though technically that's his cousin which right. yes you know but then aristocracy the royal family they love marrying cousins so it's all cool um but yeah it's just it's just i think she's just so set in her ways because she's an old woman and yeah. she's i think you know, she she, she has no reason to be progressive or to be understanding or or anything because she's Lady Catherine de Bourgh. Like exactly. what she says goes. Yeah. Everyone yeah. says yes to her. So and it's always that- worked. And she's rich. You know, she's like, <laughs> I, I mean, this is what we did. And yeah, I mean, yeah, she has. You know, Mr. you marry Collins. you marry for money, not for love. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of the point. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, man, though, it's so hard to watch. (laughs) It is. It's it's, it's horrendous, but also excellent because she is just, she's just acidic in the way that she talks to pretty much everyone, actually, even Darcy. You know, she's never really kind of kind to him or, you know, very aunt-like to him. But maybe that's just who she is. She's a great character, though. I love her. Yeah. And then finally, we have Wickham was played by Adrian Lucas. Boo! <laughs> boo! Wickham! Boo! Wickham! Boo! Yes. Uh, I thought he was all right. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? I'm kidding. But to be fair, I totally fell for it w- when watching it the first time. Like I was like, oh, he seems fine. What are you guys on about? You guys were already like, yeah, look at this no, guy. Yeah, we were like, nah, was, nah, 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 nah. I was like, he's fine. <laughs> what are you talking about? And then I totally get why it flipped. And then now I hate him. Yeah. yeah. Although when I first read the book, I I think I was fooled as well. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, the it, first time coming across the story, yeah. not going to exactly know. All right. For those of you who who do not know what Pride and Prejudice is about... It what is. are you doing? <laughs> I know. Where, how have you not <laughs> Go seen it? Go and watch it? six hours worth of TV exactly. and then come back to us. <laughs> exactly. Or even the, the 2005 No, 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 no. No, 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 no. In America, it's on Hulu. Get Hulu and you can watch it. Yes. You could watch it for free with ads. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. Or you can go to the thrift store and buy a box set of VHS tapes Yes. And watch all of it that way. There you yes. go. Do you want a, 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 a genuine fact about Pride and Prejudice uh, sure. for me? Yeah. Is it's the only thing that I own on VHS 
DVD and Blu-ray. Oh, really? So I have, ah. Yeah, it's the only thing. Oh. I'm so close. I have the <laughs> four four VHS tapes, the one DVD set, but I don't have the Blu-ray We'll yet. get you the Blu-ray. Get but on the, that. Yeah, yeah we'll actually, the, the Drink of the Week picture will have my box set in it. Perfect. So you can see it there. <laughs> oh, uh, sweet. I know, right? <laughs> so M helped us come up with the name of the Drink of the Week. It is called No Pride, No Prejudice, Just a Little Time. Oh. And time is that little lovely uh, herb. Uh, <laughs> 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 but it, it is incredibly delicious. It's so good. It was. It was a really good one. Yes. Uh, so check out the recipe on Patreon for free. I'm going to be checking out the recipe. I can tell you that because that yes. sounds awesome. <laughs> okay. So Pride and Prejudice, we've talked a little bit about the characters within it. So you know that the main character really is Elizabeth Bennet, and she has a group of sisters, and they're all, you know, getting pressured by their mom to get married. And Mm -hmm. you have uh, Darcy and his friend coming to visit. Is it Mr. Bingley? Mr. Bingley, thank you. And Bingley is really of new money, so he is buying a place of his own, essentially. And so everybody wants him to have a ball, because balls are how everybody got to know each other right. then, really. I wish that was still a thing. I know. I don't. That be beautiful? You don't want to go to a ball no. and like, do choreographed dancing? <laughs> Absolutely not. And wear all the layers? And- Hell no. <laughs> I, I definitely think there's not enough uh, 19th century balls and dancing <laughs> in the world because nowadays you go to a club and you know you have all these sweaty guys like oh, grinding true. on you and you're just like get away I just want a nice 19th century dance exactly. you know yes. just a little back you, little forth yeah, little to the side yeah. you loop I, arms and then you clap yeah, or a little holding of hands, and you know, you swap partners as well, so you get a little yeah. bit of a taste of everyone in the room. Yes, and then exactly. you know, you just take take the gentleman that you fancy the most and get on it. You yeah, know? it just sounds brilliant to me. <laughs> yeah, all right, it's, fine. It's, listening to M talk about it makes it sound a lot better, doesn't it? <laughs> it's that yeah, British it accent. You hear, you go, okay, that sounds reasonable. Right. I guess. <laughs> Well, she obviously knows what she's talking about. She's been to so many. <laughs> obviously, that's literally all we do. You know, uh, we we drink tea and we go to balls. Um, so TV I, is right. I, I mean, TV is yeah. correct, and yes. we have bad teeth. So yeah, you know, literally teeth. everything is right. Anyway, so this ball is thrown, and so all the characters are kind of introduced. And Mr. Darcy doesn't want to dance because he's like, oh, Mr. Bingley, you're dancing with the most beautiful girl, Jane. There's no other beautiful girl there. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, of course, Elizabeth Bennet overhears this and is like, wow, okay. (laughs) Yeah, screw you, bro. Screw you. (laughs) It kind of goes, like, the story itself is, it's like a long tale of these two people getting together. Mm-hmm. And uh, like the two constant players are Elizabeth and Mr. Darcy. Yeah. But we, you know, we're seeing how love and these relationships play out with all the other characters at the same time. You know, we have Jane who falls in love and then basically because they're not of high social standing, 
she very much gets i don't know it's like she kind of gets boxed out of the relationship yeah. you know his mm-hmm. his sisters kind of step in and they're like uh no no this is not a suitable <laughs> choice for you yeah. Even though he, you know, seems to actually love her. Yeah. And unlike Mr. Darcy, he's good at showing his emotions. Yes. And, uh, but know, unfortunately, Jane is not very good at that. Yes. And so Mr. Darcy perceives it to be that it's a one-sided relationship. Yep. And so he's like, ah, nah, don't marry her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Mr. Darcy's like, no, you know, he kind of steps in. He's trying to do what's best for his friend. And then also you have Elizabeth falling in love with Mr. Darcy, though she doesn't really want to admit that she likes him. She perhaps have too much pride. <laughs> that may- maybe. And, uh, <laughs> you know, this, it's what the story is really about. It's, it's kind of just these two people coming to, together in this climate and showing, right? I mean, Yes, absolutely, yeah. That's, and also the, the pitfalls of it, for mm-hmm. example, Lydia's relationships and yeah. things like that. Yeah, which we could, yeah, we could talk about Lydia. Yeah, let's talk about Lydia now. Lydia's quite an interesting character, actually, because as you've already mentioned earlier, she, she's very spoiled. She's the youngest. So she's kind of got like the baby of the family syndrome in a sense that obviously her mother completely dotes on her. Her mother encourages her. Um, What I kind of really like about the family dynamic is that while Mrs. Bennet is purely focused on Lydia, and to an extent Kitty, uh, because Kitty is by extension of like of Lydia, really, mm-hmm. because she follows her around. Right. And then Mr. Bennet is very, very fond of Lizzie. Like, he's very close to her. They have a very special bond with each other. And by extension, he's also quite close to Jane because he sees the elder sisters as very sensible. They're kind of the future of the family for him because... Being a man who only has daughters, he knows that that's potentially going to be a problem because estates and um, um, inheritances always go to a male relative. And in that in this situation, it's Mr. Collins. And we can talk about Mr. Collins later because I don't want to dwell on him too much now. (laughs) But but where you have Lydia specifically, um, she's encouraged to be. In, in essence, a bit more modern, actually, than her sisters. Yeah. Because Lydia is kind of, when the soldiers come to Meryton, you know, she's she's almost encouraged to kind of hang out with them. Yeah, um, and go stay whereas, with a friend. And... Yeah, whereas you would think that that kind of, um, you know, a young woman, especially considering canonically she's 15. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you imagine like a 15-year-old girl being essentially told yeah you can hang out with some military men it's absolutely fine you know and not expecting anything bad to happen I mean come on Mrs Bennett being the sort of person that she is she's obviously very um tempestuous and very uh forthright in her opinions which is a more kind of modern you would associate that with with a more modern character than a 19th century 15 year old yeah um and when she obviously meets Wickham and she ends up, well, because they don't elope because they don't marry, but it's <clears throat> exactly. kind of an elopement. Yeah, um, it's like a weird, yeah, because they run off together, but they're not married. Yeah. And th- that's what's so scandalous about it. Right. Exactly, exactly. Because, you know, you, if you have five daughters, you expect those daughters to to be married to, you know, someone of a high standing. And, and obviously Wickham does have 
a certain amount of pedigree in a sense that he's associated with the Darcy family. Although there was obviously a period where essentially the, the Darcys have disowned him, he does have that association. You know, he has a military background. He seems like an upstanding gentleman. And even Lizzie kind of falls for his charms uh, because he's that sort of guy. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah. It, it kind of makes complete sense that when he can't get someone like Lizzie, he would go for someone who's completely naive, yep. a little bit stupid, actually, um, and very forthright, um, and essentially attempt to tarnish the whole family because that's what it's going to do. Right. Um, Lydia is then essentially forced to marry him because she has to. She hasn't got a choice at that point. Yeah. She's fine with it. Yeah. But I, I kind of feel a bit sorry for her at the end, actually, because I don't feel like that's a in any way a loving relationship it's it's no. kind of been forced upon them both at that point you know wickham's got his money because darcy essentially pays him off yep so he's got his money so he's happy and he just happens to have this wife now that he's kind of got to have um because if he doesn't then it's going to bring shame to yep. the family so it's a bit of a sad situation actually in my eyes he never intended on marrying lydia right is that he, yeah he just wanted yeah, to no, I, yeah i agree yeah mm -hmm. yeah he just wanted to you know, fool around and destroy the family's reputation, <laughs> mm -hmm. I guess. And I, I just... I think he just he just wanted to get his end away, really, didn't yeah. he? I mean, mm -hmm. let's be honest. That's yeah. all he really wanted. I mean, this is... I guess this is just how you did it back then, how you, how you tricked girls into, you know, yeah. running off with you, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, making... Because she believed. She thought, oh, sure, of course we're going to get married. Yeah. And she, wrote, works. Yeah. she wrote to her sisters and stuff like, yeah. oh, you're going to laugh when you find yeah, out what I've so done. Yeah, this is so funny. Yeah, we've, <laughs> we've, we've run off together. We're, we'll be married and, you know. Yeah. I, We're gonna, I'm going to be married before all of you and I'm the yeah. youngest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. boy. Yeah. <laughs> but, then, but then, like, when she does marry, like, Mrs. Bennett is, like, the happiest yep. woman in the whole yeah. entire world. And she's yeah. like, oh, my Lydia. My Lydia's the first to get married because she, like, yes. idolises this 15-year-old. This yep. And actually, Mrs. Bennett doesn't see how scandalous and inappropriate the situation is. Right. Mr. Yeah. Bennett is just like, woman, Mortified. what are you talking about? Like, yeah. this this could have ruined us. Yeah, um, I mean, and then, you know, this is this is a, a moment in the whole series too where Darcy becomes kind of a hero. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, since he stepped in and paid him off and was like, you better, you better marry her. Like, you... You have to. <laughs> yeah, because he's, he's like the witness at the wedding and everything yes, as well. Yeah. He? Yes. So he's, she, he's like forcing them down the aisle. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> like you're you getting will married. I will be the witness. You know, you've been married. You eloped. You were married this whole... Nothing, no hanky-panky happened until after you were married. This yeah. is how society is. <laughs> Let's talk about Mr. Collins. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, well, uh, one, I have one question for all of you. Okay. Is there anything that he could have done that would have made him more likable? Like wash his goddamn hair. Yeah. <laughs> if he if he could if he could have taken a bath, um yeah. cleaned up a little bit. And just like, like not been I don't know. I think a lot of it was his demeanor and his language it's a and creepy the, the way he Yeah, I mean like the way he talked about Lady Catherine de Berg. Yeah, yeah. Really like just skeeved me out. Just mm -hmm. because Yeah. I don't like he didn't he it was just so 
he was obsessed with yeah. her. Yeah, he was he was sycophantic, you know. Yeah. He was he's basically wanting to climb this social ladder in any way that he possibly can. And it's like the association with Lady Catherine, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that he's going to inherit this estate and yeah. I think he says a line, something along the lines of, you know, it's my duty to take care of the Bennett sisters. And, yeah. you know, and by doing so, if I marry one of them, kind of, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. And I'm just like, right. yeah. oh, my God, it's, he's so. But all credit to David Bamba, who plays <laughs> Mr. Collins, because he's so kind of sniveling and disgusting yes. and oily. And do you know what I mean? <laughs> oily, yes, he's, yeah. No, he's super gross. Like, yeah, it's they just, did a good job. Yeah, he may- he does an incredible job. It's not that he you don't think that he's a bad person. You're just like I just don't want to hang out with him. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to sit on the same couch as this guy. How do you, how do you think he smells? Uh, oh. I mean, they probably all smell kind of bad. But. Yeah, I mean, True. I don't think that hygiene was a, a massive thing in the anyway. <laughs> yeah. But but can you imagine? You you're told you have to you have to marry someone mm-hmm. in order to essentially keep the the family money in the family yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And you and you're Lizzie Bennett, and you kind of you're introduced to this person. And you're basically told by your mother, you know, you have to do this. You have to marry this weird cousin of yours. Yeah, because obviously he's interested in Jane originally. Uh Yes. Because Jane is the beauty of the family. And then he's told, oh, no, you can't have Jane. But here's Elizabeth. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's actually very good that Jane was not available because I feel like Jane probably, since she's the oldest, she would have been like, you know what? This is my duty as the oldest. I have to help provide for the rest of the family. Yeah. So it was probably really good at that time. That I I think that him ending up with Charlotte, it's Charlotte that he ends Mm -hmm. up with, right? Uh, Yeah. Which is another sad bit. Yeah, like that is rough when when Lizzie finds out about that and everything. Honestly, that situation, it's not great for her, Mm -hmm. but it's like, okay. Like he seems to treat her pretty well. Yeah, he, Mm -hmm. he lets her just like stay in a room and read or whatever and it's what yeah, she like, wanted to he do lets anyway. her, like kind of have the life that she wanted yeah anyway yeah well she even says doesn't she because i think for her the decision is self-preservation you know she is given an opportunity to essentially become um the mistress of this um family's estate yeah but she doesn't she doesn't see it like that she just sees it as i've got an opportunity to get married i'm a young woman i'm in 19th century england it's kind of my job to get married to someone it might as well be to this guy um and she even says when lizzie visits she's like we live our own separate lives like he does the lady catherine thing he's always around her house Mm -hmm. and i just kind of sit here and then occasionally pop over to lady catherine's at her behest um yeah. but otherwise they 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 basically lead very separate lives and that seems to work for her yeah. so i kind of although it is a sad situation that she just didn't she didn't get to marry for love she actually kind of seems quite happy yeah with that so if she's happy with it then i kind of feel like well maybe that's okay if she's all right with it right i mean that's the thing i didn't seem i didn't really feel so upset about it at the end it seemed yeah. kind of like this this seems like a pretty good conclusion a pretty good ending to this whole situation here. You know, Mr. Collins is no longer trying to marry any of the Bennets. You know, he's married to somebody else and she seems okay. Like she doesn't, you know, now we've talked about the gross guy. Let's talk about Mr. Darcy. Yes. Just for a second. Uh, lift, woo! lift it up. Yeah. He's yes. all right. I think <laughs> he's, he's just so all right. 
The scene where he goes underwater. Can we talk about that just for a second? Oh, where yes. he dives into the pond? I mean, I think we have to. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, that is such a famous All right, he dives scene. into the water, and then he takes his shirt off, like yada, yada. And then they get him. <laughs> <laughs> he, he actually doesn't take his shirt off. Oh, that's true. No. He's down yeah. to the... It's oh, that's right. It's kind of right. yeah. you can kind of see through it. But. I feel like people who haven't actually seen it or haven't seen it in a long time, they imagine that's what it was. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. really, it's It's just, a common misconception, yeah. I think, that he's he's shirtless, but he's not shirtless. It's yeah. just a real... Like, you can just kind of see his skin through his white yeah. shirt. Yeah, because it's basically it. basically the equivalent of underwear. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, technically, yeah. it is. It's the the yeah. uh, the long yeah the undermost shirt. It's so. like he's yeah. basically yeah, he's swimming around in his yeah. in his uh tidy whiteies. Skivvies. <laughs> yeah. <it's> a, <laughs> <laughs> so so that famous scene, he does not actually jump in. They spray his hair a little with a spray bottle of water, and then he jumps onto a blue mat where his stunt double does the actual jumping in. Oh. And then that underwater sequence was shot on a different day in a special water tank. Interesting. I mean, it, it makes sense, I think, because the color kind of changes a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he dives into, like, the a murky pond and needs to underwater. Ooh, it's a pool. It yeah, nice. it's like And then he gets up and then it's yeah. murky again. Yeah. And it's such a magical scene. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, no, so it's really, no, it, it really is. There's, some, there's, all, there's something about it that it's... It's almost like the sort of thing that you want in like a kind of fantastical, epic nineteenth-century romance. Right. You know, that somebody guy... has to get wet at some point. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I think the fact that he's the one who's kind of he's kind of in his leisure time and he's at his home as mm. well. Yeah. Um, when Lizzie kind of talks to the staff at Pemberley and they say, "Oh, he's the kindest, most generous man." Right. You know, yeah. he's and and she's like. Who is this person you're talking about? Yeah, like, this isn't Mr. Darcy. He hasn't been nice to me at all. <laughs> yeah, but it kind of feels like a Pemberley. He can actually be his true self. Yeah. Like he can be that really kind, lovely person. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of because he's in his personal uh space. Yeah. You know, he can he can be that kind of dashing hero that we really want him to be at this point. Because we've kind of seen like the fleeting glances. Mm-hmm. We've seen that he's because he obviously, before this, he's already asked her to marry him. Mm-hmm. But it kind of feels like, because he says, like, uh, despite my better judgment, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I want to marry he you. And she's it, like, yeah. what? It's the most <laughs> like, backhanded better judgment? proposal ever. Yeah. And it's, of course, yeah. she's going to say no. I mean, because, like, other women might not have. But because she's Elizabeth Bennet, she's going to say no. So <laughs> up until this point, like, she's seen him as being actually... um you know a bit of a dick really like she's Mm -hmm. she's seen inklings of this kind of nice behavior you know um but it always kind of comes at a cost in a sense Mm -hmm. that she sees him you know when he asks her to dance but then she kind of gets a bit of a backhanded compliment you know and Mm -hmm. she overhears things and she she understands that they're from these completely different worlds in Mm -hmm. in a sense of social standing and He's not really supposed to be interested in her. So, yeah. therefore, mm. she's like, well, I, you know, why is he even interested in me? But then when you get to this kind of scene at the lake, he's kind of completely stripped back, you know, in a metaphorical sense. Yeah. As well as the <laughs> yeah. um, because he's, he, this is who he is, you know, he's, he's kind of, 
Oh, I can't even the words won't even come to me because I'm too well, busy kind of thinking no, of the image see, but he's, <laughs> you're saying, <laughs> right? oh, I, I like well, the way you're saying that makes so much sense and I'm glad you're saying it that way because watching it when when I watched it all at once it really felt like he did a total 180 it felt mm-hmm. like he was kind of a jerk and then oh look he's really nice and explaining it like well at Pemberley he's always been a nice person that makes a lot more sense, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she just... I think it's 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 the social situations that he has trouble with because you every time you meet him, you meet him at a ball or a social yeah. situation or a gathering or something, and he's kind of the awkward guy in the corner who doesn't really want to speak to anyone. Mm-hmm. I relate because <laughs> at a party where I don't know anyone yeah. and my friends have kind of gone off, I'm the one standing in the corner looking yep. really awkward I and standoffish. Yeah. yeah. Because I'm exactly and then the you know same. someone might come up and spe- say if a guy comes up and speaks to me and I'm like no no thanks I'm not interested. <laughs> and, do you know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah. I, I feel awkward in the situation. Yeah. So you can I can fully relate to Darcy yeah. feeling yeah. a little bit awkward. Mm-hmm. You know oh I don't really want to be here. I'm at this party that my friend says I've got to go to, but I don't right. really want to be here. Yeah. Um, so I completely relate to Darcy 100%. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, like, social awkwardness. And his friend's like, oh, don't you want to dance with any of the girls? And he's kind of like, look, I don't see anybody I want to dance with. That's a totally out-of-context conversation. She wasn't actually part of that conversation. Yeah. You know, she didn't really... Yeah. You know, like, what he was saying was harsh, but... I mean, he didn't expect her to hear it, and so, and he was already probably on edge anyway. Yeah. And it's just Agitated. a different... You know, it's a different thing. You yeah. can't always take stuff like that to heart you know and it makes sense yeah. that her first writing of this was called first impressions because mm-hmm. that's you know, his first impression is terrible yes obviously but then yes. you look at wickham and like he has a really good first impression and it's like well first impressions don't mean they're everything. almost always wrong yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> for sure exactly but I love I love that scene where he's wet because it, it's so funny. You're watching and you're like, this is like a crowd pleaser. This is something that this is something that people want. But also it's really cute because he's soaking wet. He was just hanging out. It's probably hot. Just wanted to go for a dip. And uh, he's heading up to the house and it's like this girl that he's in love with just there. <laughs> She's just there. Which is which is another <laughs> super weird thing about this whole thing. That I, I thank you for oh, mentioning. Yeah. What the heck is up with just families visiting houses like that i don't it's a tour (laughs) yeah it's like we're gonna go visit this estate and be led in by the by the people who work there and it's just like are you kidding me i wish that'd be so such a weird thing to do now yeah that's what i mean if someone comes and knocks on my front door and they're a total stranger and i'm like welcome to the hap estate (laughs) (laughs) this is the kitchen yeah I mean, if you think about it, though, if you think of something like if you come to London and you might want to visit Buckingham Palace, right? Uh-huh. you know, you can visit Buckingham Palace. The Queen may or may not be in residence, but she will be in a completely different part of, yeah. of the house. Yeah. Like you right. will never, you know, you're not going to go and visit Buckingham Palace and it's... catch her like doing the dishes or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and, and I think that's a, quite a lot of um, stately homes. I think like Kensington Palace, I think yeah. you can visit as well. Remember when Lizzie says to her aunt and uncle about visiting Pemberley, she says, oh, will the master of the house be home? And mm-hmm. um, and they get a firm, oh no, the master of the house won't be there. Yeah. So she only goes because she thinks Because she gonna thinks be he's going to be gone. It's yeah. true, but I still find it incredibly weird (laughs) like in the case of the white house or buckingham palace it's like they you know it's kind of set where they know people are going to come and see it 
But in this situation, it's like you never know when somebody's just going to be there when you get home or something like that. It, it, I don't know. It's just a little weird. I get that it's of the time, but, <laughs> but it's just it's so strange because he had – you know, he had no idea that they were going to be there. So taking a dip in his pond and yeah. walking up to just the totally house without getting redressed yeah. again. It's, yeah. yeah, it's totally fine and nothing I mean, weird about that. But then, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you guys do with your uh, houses, but, but I've got a tour set up at 6 p.m. So, you know, we better wrap this up soon because I've got some people coming around. <laughs> That's true. Oh, man. Oh, uh, geez. What a different world that M lives in. <laughs> Did you read the book first or did you watch any of these adaptations first? Um, I read the book first because the book was one of the first proper kind of um, grown up books that I read as a child. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like when you're a kid and you read like books that are for children, kind mm-hmm. of, you know, yeah. kids books. And, and for me, kind of Pride and Prejudice was more of a kind of grown up book it is yeah Um, and it was really the book that got me interested in Jane Austen and interested in that period of time and it kind of introduced me to you know her other books you know like Sense and Sensibility I've actually still got my original books somewhere I don't I'm not sure exactly (laughs) where but um I bought them um when I was a teenager and it was like this this like box set of all of her books um, that had been published, so it included like Northanger Abbey and Persuasion, um, and it was this beautiful little box set, and I've still got it somewhere. I'm just not sure where, but I still occasionally, because I've got a couple of copies of it mm-hmm. actually, I occasionally just kind of you know whip it out, and yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's just it's just nice to it's just really nice to read. I find that it's really easy to read. It mm-hmm. it never feels like it's kind of condescending or it. It explains the the situation that these young women are in, yeah. In a really kind, it's it's simplistic, but it's also complex at the same time, yeah. But I I find that her writing is, it's just really easy to just pick up and sit there, and you know, three hours will pass quite quickly, um, and you know, you've finished it, and it's really easy to read, and I find that with all of her work actually. Oh yeah, her her work is kind of timeless it kind of every single um you know every single adaptation kind Mm -hmm. of going from i think the first one was maybe in the 50s on the bbc kind of going all the way through to you know modern times yeah Yeah. um her her work just it obviously is of its time because it it kind of does go into basically what it is like to be a woman in the 19th century but it feels timeless because it still Mm -hmm. feels relevant today and for that to be written in that time period, but not only that, by a woman as yeah. well, who mm-hmm. was expected to, you know, herself get married, have a family, you know, do all the things that women are supposed to do. Um, and, and in many ways that women are still seen as yep. supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we've still not got out of this patriarchal hierarchy of, you know, things like, for example, when you get married to a man, you, you've, you've kind of got to take his last name. Yeah. Um, and, my situation, um, my personal situation, was that I, when I was married, I didn't do that. I kept my name. Yeah. Because that's me. That's my identity. And it's really important for me to keep that identity. And I'm, I wasn't that surname. You know, that, that wasn't me. And it was always, people thought that was a bit strange. Like, they were like, I used to get, like, mail addressed to Mrs. His mm-hmm. Name. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, 
How and about Muscle Me? It's not even just the last name. A lot of the time, uh, I'm married. I'll get mail that says Mrs. Jacob Hap. Yeah. <laughs> um, excuse me. I mean, <laughs> I mean, come on. My name isn't just Mrs. His name. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. It's, but you yeah. know, and I think it's it's important when we're talking about sort of things like this. My my opinion is, if you want to take your husband's name, all power to you. Like that is absolutely cool. I am cool with that. But for me, that wasn't me. Right. Exactly. But it's. I think it's important to have that choice. Yeah. Um. And it's important to understand that, obviously, back in the 19th century, women had very little choice. No, there was to, no choice, you know, yeah. <laughs> what they could do and who they could be with. And um, and I think Pride and Prejudice kind of encapsulates that perfectly, really, mm-hmm. yeah. for me. It's like a, it's like kind of like a good checkpoint, you know. You you read it, and you're like, okay, how much of this is still happening? <laughs> how far right. have we really, how far have we come, you know? Let's, let's read this book and let's see. It. Oh, okay, we've got some... We got some work to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. Do you think that um, being from the UK kind of influences that perspective? Like, because we might think of the the show and the book a little bit differently from here. But do, do you think that growing up over there has, has changed it? You know, it, it taking place there maybe makes it a little easier for you or, or even more relatable? does make it um possibly a little bit more relatable mainly because when we're talking about the 1995 version it being kind of filmed in areas that i've actually personally visited i've been to um laycock village and laycock abbey and so laycock uh village is where they filmed meriton so if you go to laycock you can actually walk down that little street um, they've actually used that for quite a few. I think they used that for Stardust. Um, oh. I think they used it for Harry Potter as well. I kind of feel like growing up in the UK and, and having, because I think it's, it's, I've always felt this kind of affinity to, to Jane Austen, not just because she wrote a book after me, mm-hmm. but also <laughs> <laughs> um, because being... Being a, a woman living in Britain and and kind of reading what, what is essentially her experience, because as you said, you know, this is essentially really all we know of, of Jane Austen are these yeah. novels and the occasional letter to her sister. Um, so I kind of feel like she kind of poured herself into these works a lot of the time. And a lot of it kind of came from personal situations, I think. So the character of Jane, I think, was based on her sister, Cassandra. So um, she had this kind of familial relationship with this work. So I kind of feel when I'm reading Pride and Prejudice, or even when I'm watching Pride and Prejudice, that I feel... I obviously do feel attached to the character of Darcy because I can relate to that kind of social awkwardness and just yeah. being a bit of a nerd. Because I think deep down, Darcy's a bit of a nerd. Yeah, He'd be but... way into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> oh my God, he would be, wouldn't he? I mean, he's like the ideal man for me. I, I swear to God. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. but, but I can also very much relate to Lizzie and Lizzie's situation. And, and you know, that... Because you do still, there are still those societal pressures yeah. of, mm-hmm. you know, being a good woman sort right. of thing in the sense of, you know, that good women kind of 
they get married and they have families and you know I've sucked at both of those things so I am not a great example of that but I I don't know I just I feel so much connection to to the character of Lizzie and I don't I don't think that's purely because of the UK thing I think it doesn't matter where you are in the world I think you can any woman can relate to the yeah, character yeah. of Lizzie because oh, yeah. she's she's such an all-round great character she she's kind of a, a, a feminist before feminism was yeah feminist yeah. if you know Absolutely. what I mean exactly. yeah. yeah exactly I mean she, she stood up for herself you she knew what she wanted yeah and she and she wasn't going to just back down and, and, and take what she was given. She wanted to have a choice. And and that's ultimately what what it's all about. It's about having a choice and, and doing what's best for you. And that's what she did. Mm-hmm. So she's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I like she wrote to her niece, Fanny Knight, before she she passed away. And she said, what a loss it will be when you are married. You are too agreeable in your single state. I shall hate you when you delicious play of mind is all settled down into <laughs> conjugal and maternal affections. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So I it's it, it's really interesting that you know it, it's like at this point in time the idea of feminism was just like you know we just don't want to get married. Like we shouldn't have to. And there's mm-hmm. so many so many stories that have that, you know, in them like like little women, you know, mm-hmm. and and you know pride and prejudice and just you know this it's it's evolved so much since then yeah and mm. looking back on all these things it you realize how much there was there's no name to it really mm-hmm. but now that everybody sees it and it, you know with the social media age and everybody's kind of able to say yeah. what they want to say um now you and, can put a name on it hard. and you realize what it is these characters are really strong oh it, yeah it is so hard you know, Marcia, because we're women, and M, you're a woman too, and, and we, I, right, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. no, I definitely yeah. am. Yes, yeah. I am. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's it's so hard today. There is a like, there is a climate now where we're kind of more encouraged to speak up, but we still, it's still scary to do it. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, and yeah. that absolutely. I, I mean, doing it back then, I I would have, you know, growing up. I was not the classical girl. I did not like girl toys. I didn't like girl colors. You know, I was always told, like, this is the color that you should like. This is the toy you should play with. These are the clothes you should wear. And that was not who I was, mm-hmm. ever. And uh, I was grown up, I grew up in that environment where that was fostered. And people encouraged me to not, to be who I was. And to not have to follow those rules. But as I became an adult and was pushed more out into the world, I saw that not the the world is not that is at that encouraging <laughs> yeah and, and that is when you know i learned you know it, it's really hard to speak up and to say these things and i can't even imagine growing up in a household where she, you know lizzie's has her father who encourages her and her ideals but she also has her mother who loves her but it's like girl you got to get married right and <laughs> it, yeah and even with the father it's like it, it's kind of hard for a man to speak out on behalf of a woman who's wanting to do it her own way because he might be seen in a you know seen as a an idiot or something like i don't know <laughs> uh, you know not yeah. that not that women need to be spoken up for but it's kind of the same thing where like the father feels a lot of that shame 
too because they're going to project it on him whether it's yep. him or not and that's a, and yeah. that sucks because yeah. he wanted to stand up for all his daughters right. he loves them right why isn't your daughter this way how did you raise yeah her? exactly yeah 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 mm-hmm. and it's like well who the hell are you telling me how to raise my daughters you know <laughs> yeah. it, so it it's it it yeah. sucks <laughs> like i love his yeah. line where he after Lizzie gets proposed to by Mr. Collins and her mom's all in a tizzy, like, oh my God, <laughs> you, Mr. Bennett, you have to tell her she has to get yeah, married. You, and- you have to tell her <laughs> that she like, to say yes. And he, you know, he brings her in and he's like, okay, Lizzie, I heard about this marriage proposal. <laughs> that, man, that's crazy. Um, you have, you know, you have two choices. Uh, they're both terrible. One you know, if you accept this marriage, or one, if you don't accept this marriage proposal, your mom won't talk to you. But if you do, then I won't talk to you. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. I love that scene made me laugh. I yeah. was so happy. It reminded me a lot of my dad. He's a very similar kind of person, kind yeah. of character. Though I didn't have a mom like that, though. <laughs> yeah. it, it just kind of summarizes, I think, just how wonderful a character Mr. Bennett is. That yeah. he he knows that that's not what's best for his daughter. Yeah. And, and he knows that his wife is a little bit silly and will just go <laughs> along with anything. Um, but that is, although that will save the family fortune... That is not what he wants for his daughter, who he loves mm. more than anything in the world. Yeah. And that is a good dad. Yeah. Like, yeah. he could very easily turn around and say, yes, Lizzie, you have to marry that man yeah. because the family fortune depends on it. And yeah. then Lizzie would be conflicted because she didn't actually want to. Whereas the fact he's like, no, you know, uh, I don't want you to marry that man. I don't. He's beneath you, essentially, because yeah. let's be honest, Mr. Collins is completely beneath Lizzie in every way. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> That I I just think it endears you so much more, even if you're not completely endeared to Mr. Bennett before then, which I don't understand how you wouldn't be, because I think he's one of the best examples (laughs) of a really good dad in, you know, anything that's ever been existing. Um, But if but at that point, you're just completely on Mr. Bennett's side. And it's it's actually really sad then, because if you think about their situation and you think that one, you know, on his death, essentially mm-hmm. um the whole family fortune is is then kind of bequeathed to the next male relative who just happens to be mr collins yeah. you're kind of a little bit like but i don't want mr bennett to die because yeah. he's so wonderful yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i don't want him to die um, either i wanted to bring up that the, the, there's a certain level of irony um with this um because obviously the famous first line of the book is it is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of good fortune must be in want of a wife. Mm-hmm. But if you actually look at the content of the book, it's it's actually the acknowledged truth that a single woman yes. <laughs> has to be in want of a husband. Because if she's not in want of a husband, then she's not going to survive in this world. Because she And she has to basically choose the best husband that she can possibly get yeah. in a in a very limited pool of husbands. Because obviously you want to marry the best husband that you can, um, but yeah. he might not want to marry you because obviously <laughs> you want to marry above your station. Um, and he might not want to marry underneath. Exactly, yeah. and yeah. it was all to do with social standing and class and and everything like that. It was such a it was such a big deal, you know. To mm. and the fact that in the end, obviously, Mr. Darcy and, and Lizzie Bennet do end up together and she is socially and then class-wise beneath him. But I kind of feel like, in a way, 
she's not because I think the book proves that they are complete equals in yes. every regard mm-hmm. and yeah. it doesn't matter that he's got uh, 10,000 a year which I found out actually is about 600,000 pounds yeah. in today's oh, money so much money God. so you know if if there's a man out there who earns 600,000 pounds a year but yeah but she she kind of looks beyond that it's it's not about the money or the or the social standing it's about the person and and he kind of looks beyond her social standing as well and they genuinely mm-hmm. fall in love with each other and it's it's so sweet. It is the ultimate love story, really, yeah. mm-hmm. that kind of goes beyond class and situation and who your family is and what you look like and, you know, ev- everything that could stand in the way of a, a romance <coughs> is is kind of quickly kind of shoved out of the way because you're kind of like, these these people are just so perfect for each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. really. They are. They're exactly perfect for each other. Mm-hmm. It's, and I think that's part of what makes the story so endearing, you know? Yeah. Yep. It isn't, you don't see it as her sacrificing her morals or what she wants. You see her, you know, learning and evolving as a person and, and accepting someone else into her life. And it ends with her, you know, it, it, you know, she ends up getting married, but it's not, she doesn't get married because she has to. She does it because she wants to. Yeah. 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 If Mr. Darcy ended up being a, you know, a complete nobody with yeah, she was probably... like who was underneath her or, or yeah. the same level or anything. Yeah. It wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. Cause she yeah. obviously doesn't care about the money. She yeah. turned him she down didn't... the first time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's like, yeah. I don't care about your money. You just insulted me and my family. Like, hell yeah, no, this no, ain't going to fly. Not... No, no, no. <laughs> but all right. So thank you so much for joining us em this was such a blast talking to you about pride and prejudice and oh thank you so much for having me i know Um, oh go ahead no i was just gonna say um i've had the best time i could literally talk to you guys for (laughs) hours and hours about this (laughs) (laughs) yes we wish we could so would you like to plug any social media or anything like that Oh, that would be super. Thank you. Um, So, so my podcast is Verbal Diorama. So um, I talk about the history and legacy of movies. Um, So I've been doing it for just coming up to a year now. And uh, I like to cover, well, anything and everything really. But I like stuff that's got a really interesting story behind it. Or that's you know, done something particularly brilliant. I also like to include Keanu Reeves in all my episodes as well, because <laughs> yeah. he's just... Breathtaking. And I, I feel like I have to mention his name now every yes. time I yeah. get somewhere as well. Naturally. Um, but, but yeah, uh, obviously, Verbal Diorama, you can um, subscribe, download, wherever you get your podcast from. Um, and if you want to follow me on social media, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, at Verbal Diorama. Um, so I'm the same on everything because I'm the only person in the world who's weird enough to call their podcast Verbal Diorama. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah, if anyone ever wants to talk to me about Pride and Prejudice, feel free. Keanu Reeves, absolutely. Yeah, I was about to say <laughs> Any... you got Keanu Reeves into our episode now, so yeah, I mean, good job. <laughs> I mean, there was... There was, there's got to be some way of doing it. I mean, I, I, although I do kind of think that if we're talking about recasting Mr. Darcy, then oh, yeah. that would be a good one. Keanu is, is kind of going to be the number one, isn't he? So. There you go. Yeah. We got, so we already got Keanu and yeah. Meryl Streep. 
Yep. We gotta think of a yeah. good. Almost we gotta there. think of a good Mr. Collins. <laughs> yeah. I was sick. Oh, Lizzie, we need a Lizzie. We, Lizzie's the most important person. Oh, really? Lizzie. Yeah, Lizzie is the most important. We're gonna have to think yeah. really hard about Lizzie. Yeah. We might need some yeah, more maybe, time on that. Ooh, ooh. Maybe what people could do is like maybe your listeners could suggest oh, uh, a great Lizzie Bennett. There we go. Yeah. So. I was. I had a name in my head for Lizzie just now, but I can't remember what. Oh, it's gone. It was. It was. Well, oh, no. no. I, I know her. She is, but I can't remember her name. Oh. Uh, she, what else is she in? She was in Little Women. She played Amy oh, in Little Women, and she, oh. I can't help you. She's yes, in I can picture her. But Midsummer I can't think of her name. and yeah. oh, Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh. Yeah, ah, there she'd uh-huh. be interesting. Yeah, she she'd would. be great actually. Yes. Yeah. I think yes. That, that the, is a really good shout. Thank you. Maybe <laughs> I mean, is is Keanu maybe a little bit old for Florence? Oh Pugh? Yeah. yeah, he might be. Dude, yeah. that dude's been the that... same age for seven hundred <laughs> years. That's an excellent point. Absolutely right. That might. He's in his twenties. It's fine. Yeah. yeah, he might he might have to get transferred to sen- what is it? Sense and Sensibilities. I believe <laughs> is the one with. Oh yeah. The older. Uh, he's older. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Emma. It was a delight meeting you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I love you guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, we love you too. <laughs> All, right. All right. So you can of course find us on our website blackcasediaries.com. You we have a Patreon that you can go from there. Uh, from the website to there, or you can find us on patreon.com slash blackcasediaries. Then we have a Twitter at blackcasediary and an Instagram at blackcasediariespodcast. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. today we're blackcasediorama. Yes. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. So yes. All right. Yes, we are. Very we should nice. use that to promote. We should. <laughs> yes. Hashtag. That is our hashtag. That is it. Now that is sorted. That is going to be our promotion hashtag. Bam. Right. Done. Perfect. That right. is a case closed for now. All right. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, right. M. Bye. Cheerio. Right. Thanks, Cheerio's guys. only hello though. It's not. It's not goodbye too. Right. Oh no, Cheerio! Oh, is, is it? Ah, oh, yeah, 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 there it is. <laughs> My dad really wanted me to get you to say Cheerio. <laughs> yeah, I'll say it. I'll say it again. Cheerio! Oh, nice. I That's love awesome. It. Oh. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Dearest Lizzie, do be serious. How long have you loved him? Well, it's been coming on so gradually, I hardly know. But I believe I must date it from my first seeing his beautiful grounds at Pemberley.